ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dying Time is here. That's right. We're talking A Nightmare on Elm Street Beginnings on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hampton, coming to you once again from the new release aisle of the video store. This is Kill by Kill, the show dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of how we first watched A Nightmare on Elm Street in the hopes that a kid who got this shit scared out of them by watching this crazy fucking movie, hopefully uh, their, uh, their souls end. It's just the beginning of the jokes that we can make about ourselves. And as always, there's only one person I trust to accurately tell me whether or not Freddy slices open his head or slices off his finger. The one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? I'm good. I feel like it's both, but I could be. <laughs> it I, is both. It's both in different movies, but it was described I, to me by the one kid in my English class as both occurring in the same movie. Yeah, no, the fingers are in the first one. That, so, screw that kid. He didn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, we'll get into it, whether he knew what he was talking about or not. This is a bit of a prequel uh, episode here coming to you in between our normal weeks, because the one thing that we did with one another when we started Friday the 13th was we asked each other, where was the first uh, moment you know, where we encountered the franchise. And we could do that in our first episode because the first two kills of Friday the 13th happen in the first five minutes. They dry hump for a little while after listening to folk music as lubricant and then are summarily <laughs> because, killed. Very because quickly. who among us wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, it is, listen, <laughs> riding that boat ashore is code word for penis, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get folk music. I was born too late. So we're going to, because the Nightmare on Elm Street series operates much differently, it has a much lower body count. We're going to have the, the episodes are going to, are going to encompass a lot larger sections of the movie. And so we thought it might be beneficial for everyone to hear about our own reminiscences of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street pre uh, our first guest coming on in our first episode. And so Gina, as my trusted co-host, as the person that I listen to about this particular brand of nonsense more than anyone else on earth. Where did you first encounter the Nightmare on Elm Street series? I actually have a pretty clear memory of um, of watching it uh, late at night on cable. So this would have been 85-ish. Mm-hmm. So I would have been about 13. Not to to be a uh, a giant bummer, but uh, at the time, my parents were in an extremely acrimonious divorce and I was left to my own devices much of the time, which is why I'm now a 46 year old woman who who you know, enjoys a very large collection of pop dolls. I, <laughs> <laughs> it explains so much anyway. So I kind of pretty much had free range of you know, the cable and. I you know, watched you know, whatever I wanted and what I wanted to watch much of the time were horror movies. I mean, obviously this wasn't like some, you know, gem that I discovered that I, you know, and no one had ever heard about. I mean, I was aware of the movie's existence, but I did not have my own 
VCR at home yet. I, I went at my grandparents' house. So I mostly relied on what was coming on cable. And unlike today in which movies that come out in theaters are on cable about maybe a month later or so, um, it would take anywhere from a minimum of a year or so before before a, a movie would go from theatrical release to, to cable release. So I just kind of saw, oh, cool. I've been wanting to see this. And, and by the end of the movie, I kind of looked like that emoji where it's got its hands to its face and like its eyes are all like like really wide and empty and like his mouth's all hanging open like the silent scream emoji. And it really, 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 really freaked me out like way more than than Friday the 13th ever did. And and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that and, and I'm obviously not saying anything in making sort of brilliant observation, but I also had and still do have sleeping problems. So if you got an issue with insomnia or or having you know very vivid you know let's say uh, uh, unsettling dreams you know th- this movie is is both extremely your shit and extremely not your shit because <laughs> I mean I I'll probably get into this on on future episodes you know if we want to get a little you know, woo about it I did at some point learn how to do lucid dreaming. Which oh, wow. you know is is a is a part it, it comes into play you know, in the movies in which you kind of sort of take control of what you're doing in your dream, what's happening in it. So I've often made jokes over the years about encountering Freddy Krueger and bringing his hat back and stuff like that, and and have a lot of particularly the first one I have a lot of you know, attachment to it. It's it's both close to my heart and also you know terrifying at the same time. I was uh, in high school, but here's so here's the uh, my tragic backstory, if you could call it that. Here's a tragic backstory of immense privilege. So all the way through almost the very end of middle school, I was an A B student. Like I just I just there wasn't anything that I failed at. I just was perfectly great-ish at everything I was presented with the opportunity to accomplish. And at some point in my puberty, my brain decided, well, I don't give a fuck about learning right now, so I'm not going to pay attention. And that became my new passion, not paying attention. And so I literally almost flunked eighth grade because I gave zero fucks. (laughs) Because I discovered that there were girls in the world and they were the people I were attracted to. So that's not a great reason to fail school. But it sent my high school career in a very different direction than it would have been elsewise. So over the course of my freshman year, I managed to lose all of my friends. I mean, all of them. They all decided to bail. They pulled parachutes and said, done with this and went sailed off in their own direction. So I had to decide who I was going to be. And I was also in classes that I had not been in before. I was not in advanced English. I was in, uh, let's, let's think about the rudimentaries of the English language, English. I I was going to say, uh, we we were in school at roughly the same time, not the same school, obviously, but at the mm-hmm. same grade. I believe the phrase was dummy English. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it it went real rudimentary. 
And so like, I recovered not because I uh, suddenly became smarter, but because the, the bar was set so low that even a very short person like me could just step over it easily. And so I was just kind of friendless and uh, no one, you know, everyone kind of thought it was a dumb shit because I kind of was. And so I fell in with weird subgroup crowds in the hopes that someone would just take me in and talk to me. And so there was this kid named Jed in this English class. And we were, I saw that he was drawing, you know, various heavy metal things on, on his trapper keeper. Did he, did he draw that, that S, that S symbol? Oh, totally. I learned that S from him. Did he draw, you know, Slayer laughs as you, uh, (laughs) eventually rot or whatever yeah i mean he was like a he was he was a he was one camaro away from being a classic burnout i mean it it was really weird i ended up being in classes with him for half of my day and i never met him before i i don't know how we got going on the conversation of like what you like because at the time we could not have been polar opposites in in more ways than was possible. And the only place we intersected was the idea that we both liked horror movies. And he confided in me that if you really like horror movies, you're going to want to watch a movie called A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm like, oh, I've heard nothing about this. I read the calendar section every Sunday. What do you mean A Nightmare on Elm Street? What is this? And he began to tell me what the plot of it was and that this guy would haunt your dreams. And if you died in your dreams, you would die in real life. And it was so cool. And it was so gory. And it was so gross. It was so crazy. But really, if you want to be really scared, you watch the second one. So the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I saw was Freddy's Revenge. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And it scared the living fuck out of me. Really? it really did. I, don't, I never found that one that scary i, I found it interesting well, this was the lead up all right so here's how i got my hands on a nightmare on elm street to freddy's revenge because no one was going to rent it to me did you so can i it, can i stop and ask you did you get the the text <laughs> i can't even call it subtext but did you could you get the text at the time well i will certainly go into this in in a greater detail when we actually hit that film. But to me at the time, a very sheltered Mormon kid, high schooler who barely knew the touch of a woman, a man or anything. It read to me as sexuality rather than homosexuality. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm messing with you. I mean, when I, I was probably in my late teens when I saw it, I totally thought it's, Oh, he's freaking out because he's starting to feel feelings. I, I, I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't get that he was feeling a very specific kind of feeling. And then of course, <laughs> you know, watching it in, in retrospect, it's like, Oh God, how could I possibly have missed this? But <laughs> I, I think that it's definitely one of those movies where at the time, nobody really got where they were, where they were going, where they were going with it. I'm sure it very specifically, like an older audience, probably very quickly became king to what it was aiming at. But for me, a kid whose concept of homosexuality was limited to a couple of men I had met 
also performing the Christmas Carol when I was in the cast of a Christmas Carol. And my mom said, oh, John, John is homosexual. Yeah, no, we'll definitely we'll definitely get to at the time. Like this is this is one of the things that people who listen to us say they like so much about us is trying to look at these things from the perspective of when we saw them as teenagers or young adults and looking at them now. I mean, anybody who was our age at the time that came out no i would not i would not believe that they said oh yeah i knew the whole time that that's uh that that that's actually what was going on it's like no you didn't i mean we had we had such a poor grasp of what it meant to be gay and particularly what it meant to be a gay teenager in in pop culture of the 80s i mean it was we were only getting to the point it was barely you know past the point where it was a punchline so i mean yeah no i don't buy that anybody who saw that movie at the time it came out got what was actually supposed to be going on with him yeah and and, and, and it's very and it's very much that that was it wasn't like in retrospect they said oh yeah no you're right he was supposed to be gay it's like though no, at the time they meant it it's mm-hmm. just you know nobody really got it because we i guess we just weren't ready for it <laughs> <laughs> our little our, our, our little pac-man brains weren't ready for it yet what's well, the advantage of of not just being something talked about about this other person or being whispered about you know you see characters who are gay and but that is not the thing about their character that is forefront about their them as an individual they are characters who happen to be gay whereas at the time it was it was like an issue to be confronted you know it was a tv movie of the week to be gay as opposed to just a thing that people are. It was this, oh, we have to talk about it. But that being said, I do feel the film works on multiple levels. And for me, it entirely read as you're confronting feelings of sexuality. And so that was something that was, you know, driven into me through the church to be afraid of constantly this oh, was not a, something okay. to be that's, a, that's an interesting perspective in. okay I, yeah. I didn't even think of that so yeah that makes that makes sense so it plays with that sort of hey you're feeling this isn't it getting hot in here because you're getting closer to hell <laughs> it works on me and the idea of dream in- imagery and, and jack shoulder is not a shitty director like he there are a lot films that both of us like that are well regarded now you know the hidden and Alone in the Dark from, from 1980. Like, people like those movies. They're very good. They're mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. Hitchcock, but he knows what the fuck he's doing. And aside from, you know, him dancing alone in his room and closing drawers with his ass, and then one scene where they try to find to capture the bird and he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> It is a, it is played. It is not really played for camp for the most part. I was frightened of taking a shower. I was scared of my gym teacher. I had uh, had my clothes taken from me and I had to walk around and next to nothing to get my backpack because everyone hated me. <laughs> so. Okay. so uh, come on. I, you know what? Here's here's the deal. Before you say ah. You, If you met me at the time, you wouldn't have liked me either. I developed a sense of humor and a personality around this. <laughs> I, I, needed, I needed a good punching in the face once in a while to end up here, uh, hopefully a much better person. So that's okay. 
but it resonated with me. I was able to get my hands on the film because the local 7-Eleven near our school, like any business that just wanted to make some extra coin, was renting videos. And the people behind the counter ranged from, I don't give a fuck who you are to no way, kid. And if you got them on the right day, you could rent whatever the fuck you wanted to. (laughs) And so I was able to get my hands on what Jed recommended I try first, Freddy's Revenge. I watched that. It scared me out of my mind, but it also awakened everything that I liked about horror movies. It was gory. There was great makeup. It was outlandish and supernatural, and it wasn't like anything else I was watching. And so I rented the first one, and I immediately was like, I don't think Jed knows what the fuck he's talking about, because that first (laughs) one's better than the second one. (laughs) Also, he conflated elements of both movies into one bouillabaisse of a description. So that's that was my sort of introduction to it. And then I would catch them on video because up until I think three, I I don't, I don't remember a nightmare on Elm street coming out in theaters. I don't remember Freddy's revenge coming out in theaters, but I do remember dream warriors coming out in theaters. It was a big fucking deal. Oh yeah. 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 I, I only saw one of them in the theater. It it was the, the one regrettably the 3d one. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, that one, I, I believe that is the only one that I have never revisited for, for, Mm -hmm. for good reason. So that's going to be an an interesting experience to, to go back and, and rewatch that. Cause all I remember about that movie is Alice Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, America's Sweethearts, um, uh, Tom Arnold and, and Roseanne Barr. Mm-hmm. And, and again, for absolutely no reason, about 15 minutes of it was in 3D. Because you could. It, it'll be very... In- I have, outside of the first one, I have not revisited these films in quite a while. I purchased the DVD box set when it came out from New Line, who were really good at entering the DVD market. They laid on the special features and there was this extra disc at the back of that box set that you was like a choose your own adventure but with behind the scenes material and so you would find these easter eggs with your remote and click on them and you never knew what you were going to get one would be like a makeup tutorial from dream warriors and the next would be here's a music video from part five the dream child with houdini So I just poured over every inch of that extras disc. I burned myself out on Nightmare on Elm Street. And aside from Becky's mom, Pam, saying, I've never seen uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. I hear it's scary one Halloween. Why don't we watch it? And then like every scary movie I show her, she's like, I thought it would be scarier. (laughs) I just don't think you like horror movies, Pam. (laughs) Like, just like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want, friend? Like, this is crazy, scarred up, slimy demon man. A guy turns into a blood fountain. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, eh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's always good at, at deflating my popping my personal preference balloons. Uh this is last this last year she's like well i don't want i don't really don't want to go to the theaters but i've never seen the the original halloween what you show me that <laughs> I played it for her and i'm like i know this works 
Like I've shown it to people in, in my yard at Halloween and it, people jump and they scream and she watched it. And at the end of it, she's like, eh, I thought it would be scarier. God damn it. What works on you woman? It's like you yeah. show her, you show her hereditary and, and like, she's like, why are they serving such a fancy cake at a, a, a teen party? <laughs> That's actually well, a good question, so Pam. Afraid of ants. Come on. That's a good question, Pam. Why are they serving such a fancy cake at a teen party? <laughs> You ever, did you ever go to a party as a teenager where they just make some kind of like fancy ass walnut cake? No, no. <laughs> did no. you ever go to any For, party as a teenager where they serve dessert? Well, <laughs> I mean, that brings up the other, did I ever go to any parties as a teenager? Well, well that's the true too. Would I mean, be very few. Yeah. I mean, I did not go to any parties that had walnut cake because I did not go to any parties. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The invites were not lost in the mail. They were, the no stamps were licked I, and I, placed I, on the invites. I mean, it's entirely possible that serving walnut cake at teen parties is very much a thing. I just Deadly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the most teen parties I went to were the ones I watched in movies. Uncool. And that's why we're here today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that anyone shouting my coolness from the rooftops as it stands, but uh, that's okay. Being a kid who was condemned to only, uh, uh, you know, experiencing the the world through movies and television and books paid off. Uh, later in life when I had to write for movies and TV. Ha <laughs> take that, mom. <laughs> my mom still does not understand my job. I, I feel like I feel like this is going to be a, a, a an emotionally grueling experience. I feel like we're gonna work out a lot of teen angst over these next couple of movies. <laughs> I mean, unlike unlike Friday the 13th, where it where you know the the as as personal as it really got was that I don't like to go camping. <laughs> the, the Nightmare on Elm Street series is about teenagers and the feeling of isolation and parents not listening to you and trying to forge your own path against, you know, uh, things that are out of your control. So, yeah, I do think it's going to get weirdly confessional because it is the sort of thing that is born out of personal nightmares. And so I I would hope that for as many laughs as we might be able to provide, it might also be slightly cathartic. We're going um, to show our, our sensitive sides. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know if our listeners are ready for that, but. <laughs> like, uh, where are the make em ups? It's time for it's time for another session of group therapy on Kill by Kill. <laughs> Where every episode ends with them crying. <laughs> Daddy! Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! If you listen to those fucking losers, like when are they gonna go back to make them yuck them ups about God Jason's swimming lessons? Nappy Pamby Gen Xers. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you weep into your crystal Pepsi? <laughs> See, that's the thing while we're, while we're having these like, you know, tearful confessions about our awful teenage years, we'll still drop the odd, like, you know, 80s pop culture reference, <laughs> giving the audience I mean, what going, they want. <laughs> it's going to be very odd at this because I, I feel like at a certain point in this movie series, it gets very tied into it being quote unquote cool freddie was on mtv he had a he had a hotline you could call and listen to him talk to you which is (laughs) which is really weird i mean i i 
that was i i feel like you know this is something we could say we should say for later as far as as talking about you know how weird life was for you know in a different way that's weird now in a less terrible way but Mm -hmm. like there was a time where you would just call numbers and santa claus would talk to you (laughs) Corey haim would talk to you um the new kids on the block would talk to you yeah and freddie would talk to you this this you know child killer who who <laughs> terrorizes teenagers and and you I guess I, I never called it I, I'm no. sure on I'm sure if I looked it up on YouTube somebody probably uploaded you know oh, the, I'm crossing the, the my vocals because I, yeah. I I'll go back and check that later but I mean I I gotta assume he's just like wisecracking at you and stuff like that I mean it, it's but that just I'm thinking about that now I'm like that's fucking insane I mean that's that's <laughs> like you know I, I'm trying to think of what's a recent you know that's like dial 1900 patrick bateman you know it's like, <laughs> you know 1-800 payment you know i mean where where you know 1-800 1-800 mother marcos you know where yeah. it's just like, like the baba duke would yeah. just pop you would just like pop into your mentions you know and you, start you, yippy yapping at you you just call and like a you know a woman starts screaming at you in a german accent or something you know I mean, it's just, <laughs> this is so insane to me that that he became this you know kind of super cool hero and he's a child killer and and it's just such a weird thing a weird direction that that was taken in our teen our tender teen years (laughs) and it will be very interesting because hopefully we'll have a mix of people like we did with friday the 13th who are people who were of the era or just beyond it who were very steeped in knowledge about nightmare on elm street and people who are coming to it relatively fresh i would like to have all levels of introduction to it in order to see how different people bounce off of it i I, just as we did with friday the 13th in the hopes that we learned something new about how people get into this uh we'll we'll have some people who are decidedly affected by nightmare on elm street i i think there are there are people who I think there are a lot of fans of Friday the 13th and they, they like them because they're, they're fun. But I think there's a level of people who like nightmare on Elm street. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would definitely agree with you. I mean, for example, Ashley Blackwell, who, uh, from uh, graveyard sister, you know, absolutely adores nightmare above all else, all other franchises. And it's personal to her. And I think there's a, a level of personal, That'll be very interesting to unlock and talking to people who have never been exposed to it before and, and might be complete, you know, newbies to the experience and, and hear what they have to say so many years later about it. So I'm interested in both. It should be very, very fun. And, and if you're looking for us to, to, you know, really just sound, you know, ragey and angry, that's probably not going to happen until we watch the remake, which, which Patrick's insisting on. So... <laughs> Don't blame me. If we're going to be completists, we kind of have to complete it. I'm not looking forward to it at all, but it's in a bit of a race because there, I have an immense hatred for the dream child. So we'll have to see which I dislike more part five or the remake. But yeah, see my problem with me is I, I have seen the first three Mm -hmm. several times. 
And then after a certain point, I they all sort of glom together for me. They're um, booyah bays. Yeah. yeah. And and so yeah, I, I it's gonna be I I don't even remember if I particularly like them that much. So it's it's going to be an interesting experience re rewatching these and remembering, oh right, that happened in this one. And and yeah, it, it's just gonna be coming all back to me, which will be it which will be a uh, interesting. So it'll be it'll be a journey of discovery and self-discovery. Uh, tears will be shed. Um, people's outfits will be made fun of. This is not a particularly well-costumed endeavor. And, and, and Johnny Depp will, will be turned into a blood fountain. So that's something we can yes. all enjoy. Well, I mean, that's the greatest celebration I could think of right now. There's yeah. few people. Uh, one in particular I could think of that I'd want to turn into a blood fountain more. But him in particular... Probably at this point, it would just be red wine and scarves. <laughs> and cough syrup. He, he may not have blood left. <laughs> just dust, like killing, a, like, like killing a vampire. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be lamenting the death, the not the physical death, the emotional death of, of Johnny Depp, a, a, a very attractive man who turned out to be a complete fucking asshole. Not the first one, not the last but I tell you, there, if there's one person who will not be spared in our first journey through Nightmare on Elm Street, it will be Johnny fucking Depp. Yeah, so if you're a big Johnny Depp fan, maybe... Do not tune in. Maybe skip skip over until we, until we, until we get into uh, uh, Prince yeah. Revenge. <laughs> Bounce right into Revenge, because you ain't going to like it. He has it coming, and we are not going to spare him from those details. Uh, and so that just about does it for now. But we're only just starting. The body count will continue. So the next time we join you, uh, we'll be talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. If you want to check that out uh, from your personal collection or wherever it might be streaming, this would be a good time to do it. So before we go, of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter and our Facebook group and page. We're on Instagram at Kill by Kill Podcast. Uh, the, uh, if you would like to email us, killbykillpod at gmail.com. And of course, Patreon. Uh, Gina, any news on Patreon? We do. We have two new patron patrons. We have Brennan Klein and, and Klaxon, Klaxon, uh, alarm, alarm, another $10 donor. Oh, Christ my goodness. Christian Brunn. Thank you, no. Christian. Wop wop air horn. Yep, you get to DJ you, Khalid. You get action. your you get your you get your hat. You get your name thrown in a hat in uh, probably God willing uh, April or so to uh, to to choose a movie for us. <laughs> and if you would like to hear our Patreon exclusive episodes, a really really good one is coming up. Yes, I think we had this... a ton of fun with with the with the uh, the ver the first of our uh, our. You, you $10 tier patrons get to choose episode. We're talking about The Visitor from 1979, a forgotten and probably it's best that it was forgotten um, Italian oh, ripoff. I don't know. <laughs> of, of, it's a ripoff of every movie that came out between 1968 and 1979, uh, the year it was made and distributed. Uh, where it was quickly put into a vault, uh, probably via lawsuit. Um, it is wild. It's, um, it's, a, it's, it's, it has its own insane charms. 
It's <laughs> very true. And, and, if you would like, and, and it has a lot of famous actors paying off gambling debts. If you would like to, uh, if your fetish is watching John Houston look bewildered and walk around like he just injured a hip, you're going <laughs> to love this movie. Uh, so that just about does it. But don't worry, the body count will continue. So until next time, for myself and for Gina, bye-bye, everybody. Bye.